You know, somebody will say, take me through your resume, give me a little bit of insight into you. And then they'll say, well, why do you think you're a good fit for this job? Nail this moment because it's going to set the stage for the rest of your conversation. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Welcome back, everybody. Um, actually, you don't know that I've been gone for the last week, so who am I really welcoming back here? All of last week, I was at the Hashtag Sports Conference in Las Vegas. So we are a partner with Hashtag Sports. They are the, I think, premier social media, marketing, sports and engagement, entertainment type conference. Uh, They have multiple events throughout the year, including their Creators of Color cohort, which we are also partners with. And then this was their, their signature event in Las Vegas. There was a couple hundred people there. A lot of great panels. I spoke on a couple different ones, which was a lot of fun. Um, I never shy away from a microphone opportunity. Um, But overall, really, really great conference. But I'm getting caught up a little bit today, trying to get this podcast busted out for you guys and still keep providing value. Wanted to give a couple quick notes from the hashtag conference because there was a lot of cool things that came out of it, a lot of learnings that came out of it. Number one, Cam Jordan from the Saints is probably my newest favorite athlete. I mean... He was up on stage with, uh, the, the moderator was from Dapper Labs, who does the, all the NFT work out there. So NBA Top Shot, NFL All Day, UFC Strike, all that stuff runs through Dapper Labs. And they are amazing. Matter of fact, former guest Dior Ginyard works for Dapper Labs now. So um, I saw him there, but I didn't get a chance to connect with him because uh, he was busy escorting Cam around. Anyway, my point is, it's cool to see an athlete and a lot of athletes are this way, but it's cool to see it and hear it where they are so into the newest technology. They are so into and invested in what's happening out there in our in their world and what advances. A couple of quick takeaways from Cam, and I was live tweeting through a lot of these. So if you go through our Twitter feed at Work and Sports, you'll see some of these quotes. And I think the question came to him of like, when you're playing, do you think about these moments may be stored as an NFT and be on the marketplace? And he's like, Oh yeah, definitely. He's like, I cannot wait for my first sack and I'm going to whisper in the quarterback's ear NFL all day. Like telling the quarterback that that event, me sacking you is going to appear as an NFT and people are going to bid on it, which I thought was hilarious. And then he said, I really hope it's Kirk Cousins. So he was talking some smack. He hates the Atlanta Falcons. He was was talking them down the entire time. He was disappointed that Matt Ryan wasn't there anymore because he said it was his favorite player to sack. I mean, he was so engaging and so funny. One of the other cool things that he talked about was how the locker rooms work. So he was talking about how if subjects related to money and revenue, whether it's real estate, investing, stocks, if those topics come up, everybody's interested. That is a unifying force in the market, in the, um, in the locker room. So the environment in there, when he comes in and he's a super smart guy and he starts talking about blockchain, he starts talking about NFTs, he starts talking about discord and all these other things that he said, so many people are perked up and want to learn about it. So it's, it's so fun to me to hear that the the athletes are just as curious about this stuff as we are. And he's an early adopter on everything. Another funny thing he said, he said on Discord, he has a total burner account. So he's like KD Trey, just talking smack and, and throwing down with fans and they don't even realize that it's him. So I just thought that was really funny. He called out Kevin Durant too for having a burner account and just totally embraced all of it. Uh, one of the other cool topics that came out of this conference was a lot of social media talk. I went to one panel that was uh, social media manager for the Dallas Mavericks, Miami Heat, and for the Golden State Warriors. 
And one of the things that stuck out to me, I'm just giving you a couple like little nuggets that stood out, and then we'll get into today's topic, so today's question. One of the things that really stood out to me was metrics, data, numbers. So the question came to them and said, how do you guys determine the success of a campaign or the success of, you know, a tweet that you send out or a video campaign or whatever? Are you looking at likes? Are you looking at follows? Are you looking at uh, engagement and, and uh, retweets or whatever platform it's on? They all said universally, and this really shocked me because we're in such a data-driven world. They said all those numbers, all those metrics, like we have our averages that we expect to hit. So we have like a baseline number of when we tweet, we expect it to reach this level. And if it reaches that level, it's considered a success. But what they're really looking for is responses and replies. The director of digital platforms from Miami Heat, who I'm going to try to get as a guest because he was amazing, he was saying they're looking for comments and replies. And it's some anecdotal evidence that way. So whether it's a post on their site or whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or wherever they're publishing, it's less about the those typical engagement metrics and they're looking more for replies. And if it's a cool graphic that they've created, they want to see people saying like, whoa, that's fire, you know, like things like that, that are that are showing that their impression was made from it. And to me, that sounds anecdotal, like, oh, we got replies and that's great and that's awesome. And I would think it would be more data-driven, but all the other data, the managers of social media platforms were nodding their heads like, we're the same way. We're looking for that kind of stuff. And when they were asked about what kind of content really resonates now, which is something I always gravitate toward, I'm like, what's working? It's like, whenever we can ask them questions that have nothing to do with the game or basketball. So it gives more of an insight, behind the scenes look into the personalities on the team. Like they'll ask like Tyler Hero a question and say like, who would you be least likely to eat a meal like that they prepared or like if somebody cooked a Thanksgiving dinner on the team, who would you least like that to be? And so he said they get into really funny exchanges then like they're all kind of talking smack amongst each other like, oh my gosh, I'd never show up. If Jimmy Butler's cooking, I'm not coming. And you just, even the crowd was laughing as they were talking about it. And you can see how this type of, of content would be really engaging because again, it's giving you kind of that behind the scenes, the teammates, the squad, like how they all get along and their personalities to shine through. And I think that's what we're looking for rather than just we get that information on you know box scores and data and you know game planning or whatever that sort of stuff happens but to get the personalities really stands out on day three of the conference i had two panels that i was hosting first one was with javier gutierrez who is the president and ceo of the arizona coyotes just he and i up on stage together which was awesome javier is amazing we talked about establishing a new culture uh, leading the business decisions, coming over from the finance world because his background was in finance. We talked about him being the first ever, first ever Latino president and CEO of a major four sports team uh, and his uh, ideas on building and developing the culture and also embracing diversity. We are going to rerun that interview as a podcast coming up in the next couple of weeks. Hashtag and we're partners with them. So we are going to take that and bring that to um, the audience. And I'm just being honest. I'm not talking any smack here. Unfortunately, that interview was 9 a.m. the day after the private party that went till 3 a.m. So they had a private party on Wednesday night in Las Vegas at Dre's uh, nightclub, which I didn't go to. 
because I had to be on stage with Javier the next morning. So I have this amazing interview with Javier. And unfortunately, only like about about 100 people showed up because it was nine o'clock in the morning after they had a private party until three in the morning. So a lot of people just didn't show up to that one, which is unfortunate because it was a really great session, which is why we're going to bring it back and run it a podcast because we'll get 2000 listeners or more. Later on the day, I had a session with Les Green, CEO of Slam Media. So if you listen to our episode with Camille Buxeda, who is the director of W Slam, Les is the CEO of Slam. He's the new boss. He's been there for about 10 months. Amazing, amazing guy. Came from Nike, came from Whedon and Kennedy, came from Spring, like has this really great brand strategy background. Uh, then also Wanda Jesus, who is the VP of sports partnerships for Dapper Labs. So as I mentioned earlier, Dapper Labs is that NFT company. They run all of the major sports NFTs and are developing NFL all day and other programs. It's a really an amazing slick system. Um, and then Sarah Flynn, who's the CMO of 35 Ventures, 35 Ventures are, uh, is uh, Kevin Durant's venture capital company who also runs Boardroom, which is a great content site. If you haven't tapped into that, you should check out Boardroom. And they are invested in so many things. They were an early adopter and dapper, early investor in a dapper. They have a lot of partnerships with a lot of these different forward-thinking, innovative marketing techniques. So check out Boardroom and Dapper, um, Boardroom and 35 Ventures, I should say. So we get into this conversation on NFTs and Web3, and it was cool to hear it from their perspective, because as all of you know as listeners, I've talked to a lot of different decision makers at teams and at leagues and at agencies and talked about these subjects, NFTs, Web3, and tried to get them to elaborate how they feel about the future of this. Is there a strategy there? Is there a revenue and monetization plan? And a lot of them, I mean, I remember JB Greer from Octagon. I remember Sam Dore from the uh, Florida Panthers, chief strategy officer. I remember talking to other uh, CMOs in the league and they're all like, we're not really sure yet. We don't really see how this is going to work for us. Well, now that conversation I had at Hashtag was with three people on the cutting edge of developing and building this. And they're like, oh, here's how it happens. Here's where the how we make this monetized. Here's why it's better than anything else you've done before. And I got to tell you, in leading up to this, now I had not gotten into NBA Top Shot. I'm just being honest, okay? I had not gotten into the NFT scene, but I was going to be hosting this panel, so I had to get smarter. And so I went through the entire ecosystem with Dapper and got signed up, got into Top Shot, started making some, started ripping some packs. And I got to say, I'm kind of hooked. I was really enjoying it and thinking back to my days. I mean, look behind me. I've got folders of baseball cards. These are living events that are that are essentially like baseball cards. And that that excitement I had as a youth pulling open baseball cards and seeing who's going to be inside and that chance of getting a Barry Bonds rookie card or whatever it may be was so exhilarating. And I found that same thing with Top Shot, except like layers and layers harder. I, I can't wait for NFL all day. And I'm, I'm totally invested in it. And I can see why just like fantasy sports raised the bar and got you more invested in the players and the events and what was happening. So we're going to run back that panel as well. Um, that one was later on that afternoon. It was really well attended, but I do think there's such valuable insight that will come out of that, that I think you can all benefit from. So we're going to bring that one back. So that's my little hashtag recap. It was a really fun event. The team over there, Anthony Caponiti and, and uh, Emily Black and Kevin Jordan and Tracy Allsbrook, uh, great to work with. Meher Laban, um, great team to work with. We're so, super psyched to be uh, partners. And I will tell you what was really fun too. I met a lot of the creators of Color Cohort that I got a chance to interview previously to get to meet them firsthand. Jerron Irby, Devin Dismang, Chanel, uh, Smith Walker. I mean, amazing people, really excited to get a chance to 
meet and talk with all of them. Oh, Nicole Williams from Snapchat. I met with her. So fun event, great time. Uh, a lot of good learning as it come out of it. And if there's any more questions there, I'm always happy to answer them. So feel free to message me on that. But let's get into a, a question that really helps you out today. I got a question from a guest at Hashtag, and uh, I'm going to hit that. I can't remember who it was. There was a lot of people that I talked to, but the, the, the question stood out to me. So I'm going to just give it. I was asked at an interview recently, why should we hire you? And it gave me pause. I wasn't ready for it at all. I could feel myself failing on this question, and then I just babbled for five minutes. How should I have approached this? I think that's a really good question because why should we hire you is a, it's a very standard question. This comes out a lot. So let's first take it from the employer POV. What are they looking for? Why are they asking this question? Well, if I'm asking you, why should I hire you? I'm gauging your confidence in your own ability and how well you know this role, how much research you've done to fully understand it, and what sets you apart from everybody else. So I'm looking for those three things. Okay, I'm going to break these down. There's four things you want to get across in your answer. Number one, your qualifications for this job, the matches. So you really want to be able to show off right now that you know what this job requires. You have a deep understanding of it, the skills that are in demand, and how well you align with it. Now, I'm not going to answer the question for you in like some crazy paragraph or whatever, but the number one thing you want to hammer on, why should I hire you? Because I have the skills that align with your needs. So that's phase one. Now, you only know this if you do the proper research. Have you spent a lot of time with that job description? Have you spent a lot of time researching the company and understanding how they make money or how you'd fit in in the company or what their organizational structure is? Like these are all the research, this is all the research you need to do beforehand. And if you do that, then you can really start to explain when you answer this question, how well you match for their needs. Layer in your experience, make all your other parts of your, your experience and your jobs and then previous things that you've done come to life. Layer in things that you've done and accomplished Give me a little bit of a story on, you know, things you've done previously in your career or internships or whatever it may be that really match up with the direction this one is headed. Okay. Then start to get into how you fit personally into their team and culture, how you're a match for their environment. Again, this only gets handled by doing research, talking to people, looking at sites out there that they give an idea of what their corporate culture is like. You can find this information out there. And you can start to elaborate how you would fit and be a culture add to their environment. You're going to bring something good to it. Now, I've talked about this before, but I want to make this really clear. When you're an employer and you're hiring, I think my strategy was always sometimes I want to promote from within and sometimes I want to bring somebody from the outside. Wherever you fit in this position is what you can lean into. So if, let's say if you're in, applying for a promotion within your organization, well, why are you a culture? Why are you a good fit? Why are you a good ad? is because you understand the culture and you're already woven into it. You understand how things work and you can ramp up really quickly. You don't have to spend the next three months learning how things operate. You know how they operate. So that's going to frame how you answer this question. Same thing happens though if you're coming from the outside. What you can then lean into is that you can add to this culture with your previous experiences. You can raise the bar with a new point of view. You can bring something new to the equation. So depending on which angle you're coming into this conversation and coming into this opportunity, you can start to formulate and focus your, your answer in that direction. The third thing you really want to get into when answering this question are your soft skills. So we always talk about how 
you know, soft skills are so important. Everybody I talk to an interview out there, when I ask, like, what are you looking for? They're like, we want somebody that has, you know, work ethic and passion, you know, really brings it all home and leadership and blah, blah, blah. Well, that can't really necessarily come through on your resume. It's hard to translate soft skills in the resume. This is a perfect opportunity when, when somebody says, why should we hire you? To start to tell a story about your leadership, to start to give an example about your work ethic, because then they're going to start to know the whole you outside of your just your resume. Why should we hire you? Because I can tell you this example of my incredible passion and loyalty and trustworthiness and leadership and all these things that I've done in my career up to this point and who I am. Make yourself come to life. This, this question of why should we hire you is a great opportunity. It's like this open-ended question where you can take it in all these directions and tell them so much about you. Give them information on your skills, your soft skill, your, your hard skills, your soft skills, why you're a good culture ad, all of these things that you can attack by answering this question in a methodical way. But the final thing you want to end on, the fourth thing you want to end on when having this, this discussion is why you're confident you'll be the best hire. I'm telling you, when I ask this question during interviews, why should I hire you? I am looking for confidence. I am looking for somebody that believes they are the right match, that will come in confident that they are the right fit. So give that energy out. Let them know that you are confident you'll be the next best, that you will be the best hire. Not cocky, confident because of your skills, because of your way you can, the way you can adapt to their workforce, the way that you can be a culture add to their environment, those soft skills that you have and the desire you have to grow and learn and get better. Be confident in the way you answer this question. If you can nail those things in a kind of condensed format, like you don't want to just ramble on for a really long time, you are going to nail this question. And this will come early in an interview usually. This will be one of the first two or three questions usually. You know, somebody will say, take me through your resume, give me a little bit of insight into you. And then they'll say, well, why do you think you're a good fit for this job? Nail this moment because it's going to set the stage for the rest of your conversation. And if you answer this one well, you're going to feel more confident going through the rest of the conversation as well. And they're going to feel pretty energized by it. So focus in on how you'll answer this one. Hit those four points and you're going to be good to go. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I've got an amazing interview set for tomorrow that we're going to try to turn around quickly for Wednesday because it's awesome, but we'll see about that. It's going to be a tight timeline. We'll see. But I'm a little bit behind. I'm going to be honest because of hashtag. So we'll get on the track. Don't you worry. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs>